Welcome to the HR Empowerment Podcast, where we will uncover strategies and new insights from HR professionals who discuss up-to-date regulations, best practices, and the most pressing topics like diversity and equity, leadership, dealing with difficult situations, and much more that affect your bottom line and business. Thanks for joining us. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's Wendy Sellers, the HR lady. We are here today talking about building burnout-proof company cultures. And we want to talk about in our second episode of five, how managers can help prevent burnout. In order to dive into this conversation, we're going to hand this over to David Shar. David, before you jump into the question about, you know, how managers can help this, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your tons of experience on this topic. Yeah. So first of all, I started off, it, it's sort of strange, but I started off in ice cream. I had an ice cream <laughs> franchise um, and in Baltimore city and all of my, all of my employees came from sort of like the inner city. Um, and, and uh, I thought I was getting into ice cream. I love ice cream. I wanted to learn everything I could about ice cream. Uh, but I ended up getting very involved in these kids, like these teenager and young adults, you know, and their experiences at work, some of them, their first experiences at work. And one day I realized that um, they kept showing up and the kids at the subway across the street stopped showing up. And the ones at the at the restaurant right down the street, the other side, they stopped showing up. And there were all of these issues in the restaurant industry. You have well over 100% annual turnover rates at times. And, uh, and I wasn't experiencing any of that. So uh, there was one specific time when I had one of my crew members, um, she used to always joke with this other crew member who was her best friend. They were like Romeo and Juliet. They would joke about how they couldn't go double date together because both of their boyfriends were gang members, but on opposite gangs. Oh, so this boy. was, this was um, you know, my experience working there. But one day, this individual comes into work and she was looking really down and and it wasn't until I pulled her in the back and asked her what was going on because this wasn't normally she was full of energy and excitement and I she, I noticed at that point that she's crying and she tells me that her boyfriend was shot multiple times and left for dead um and uh they didn't know whether he would live or die oh my goodness and I told her to, to leave because <laughs> what is she doing? This is a teenage woman, a young woman who's coming to work after finding out that her boyfriend may be dying right now in the hospital. And uh, and so go be with your family, go be alone, whatever you need to do. And she said, no, I need to be here. I can only be here. This is my happy place is what she told me. And oh, wow. Yeah, that was a moment for me. It was when my first son was born and that, you know, really impactful moments in my life. Um, And I recognized what a heavy weight um, leadership holds. Um, And I also started to really wonder and be concerned about the fact that she needed to be there. But my and, and she was finding meaning in scooping ice cream. But my friends who were teachers and lawyers and doctors and hr professionals and all these people with objectively meaningful jobs were dreading going to work on monday morning 
And I needed uh, yeah, to know. That's a, that's a really good uh, wake up call there, huh? Right. Why? Why was that happening? So I, I was sort of a career switcher I, because Google didn't do it for me. Google didn't answer those questions. So I ended up going back um, and getting my master's degree in industrial organizational psychology. Um, and then I am a doctoral candidate, the oldest and baldest doctoral candidate in my cohort. <laughs> who uh, and, and I'm working on my dissertation right now, um, looking at things like burnout, meaningful work, and the uh, change in passion for work as we've seen over, over the course of the pandemic. But it's, uh, uh, so I, so I work with a ton of organizations. I also teach at the master's level, um, IO psychology, industrial organizational psychology, but, um, my primary job is speaking, coaching, and training, um, within organizations to help them create healthier work cultures. Oh, that's amazing. Well, we thank you for doing that because we all need the help. JC, you have some statistics uh, for us uh, regarding burnout? Absolutely do, Wendy. Thank you. In 2018, a Gallup poll, 23% of employees reported feeling burnt out at work very often or constantly, while 44% reported feeling burnt out occasionally. And according to research, burnt out employees are 63% more likely to take a sick day and 2.6 times more likely to actively seek a different job. Now, of note, going back to something David had mentioned in regards to some of the physical sides of things, cortisol, the primary stress hormone, raises blood sugar. Your glucose improves brain glucose use and increases the availability of chemicals that repair cells. Cortisol also suppresses functions that are unnecessary or detrimental in a fight-or-flight situation. It's not always... A great situation to be in when your cortisol level is up due to stress. Back to you. Yeah, let's talk about stress in the workplace. We don't have any of that, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I I know, like I myself, I strive uh, or I, I thrive on um, under pressure, but to a, to a degree, right? It's like, yeah, 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 there's pressure. And then it's like, I'm going to crash and burn right now. I need help. And I know a lot of other people that, you know, thrive under pressure too, but for the folks that don't or don't want it or, you know, say, okay, I have enough pressure, how can managers help prevent burnout in their teams? Yeah, so first of all, um, I think just having JC speak to them with that voice, (laughs) I felt it's such a calming voice. I love it. So anyway, but if JC is not available, (laughs) no problem. If if JC is not available, um, there's, there's a lot that you can do, but, but Wendy, to what you spoke about with the stress, there is good stress and there are good levels of stress, healthy levels of stress that stress is, is something that we have developed because it is helpful. Um, and so th- the question is whether it's a hindering stress or whether it's a stressor that, that's helping us grow, right? Is it, is it blocking us? Is it, or, or is it helping us grow? Um, so stress is kind of important. I had a, I had a client, um, that was, that was, uh, brought me in because their organization wasn't growing. It felt very stagnant. And so I started grabbing people from all over the organization and asking them about their experiences within the organization. And everybody seemed really happy. They said to me, Oh, it feels like family here. No stress, no conflict. 
It's like family. And I immediately became really um, self-conscious about the fact that that does not describe my family. My family is all about stress and conflict. So I was a little confused. Maybe it's just me. Um, but but the, uh, the, the um, executive who had brought me in was shocked when the burnout prevention guy said, you need more stress here. <laughs> But that was my recommendation because it didn't feel like people cared enough to to fight for things, to grow, to push themselves and each other. So some stress is healthy. Not all stress is healthy. Right. And it's different so, for every person, right? Yes. Yeah. So I often ask people, I often ask people because when we think burnout, we think overwork. We think too much stress, too much work. Um, and I often ask them, do you remember the last time you were in a busy bar and you've got all these people surrounding the whole bar and the bartenders in the back and they're making drinks left and right super fast, just getting them out there in that moment? Does that bartender strike you as somebody who's burned out? Probably not. Right. In fact, that bartender is probably in a state of flow. That bartender is probably not even recognizing what's happening around them. It, it, they probably feel like they're on drugs, whether they are or aren't. They probably feel like it, and, and they're in a state of flow. But if you take that same bartender, and every time they reach behind them for a glass, the glass isn't there, or it's a dirty glass, that bartender is going to be on the road to burnout. So what managers can do is get rid of the noise. People join the profession, they they get the job and and typically they're excited about it. They they join a profession because they had people that they looked to who were successful in that profession or they were watching movies about lawyers or teachers or doctors and they decided I want to be a hero like that. I want to change lives. They join a company and they read all about it. And they're excited to get involved. But then what happens? Then we can lose that vision and it starts being the bureaucracy. It starts being the mandatory meetings. It starts being all of the, the, the lack of autonomy and lack of control, all because we have to go through this bureaucratic method. And so managers, best thing that they can do is get out of the way. They, they need it. to empower their people and, and get out of the way and let them do the work that they're there to do. You know, I was I was thinking about the advice you just gave, and I, I want to put this out there to everyone that's listening as well. If you do ask your employees, can you recall the last time you were at a bar? And if they answer, sure, it was just a half hour ago before my shift. Call Wendy Sellers, the HR lady. Yeah, that's a whole other conversation. And if you're going to be near me, bring me a bottle of wine when you're on the way to oh. that conversation. Oh. <laughs> With that said, thanks for listening to episode two of our five-part series on building burnout-proof company cultures. In our next episode, we're going to cover how can companies help their employees and their managers cope with the burnout, uh, not necessarily just get out of the way, but actually help them cope with it. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for joining the HR Empowerment Podcast brought to you by Aurora Training Advantage. We hope you've gained new insight and strategies to navigate the HR profession. We look forward to you joining us again on the HR Empowerment Podcast.